Hey guys, it's Spooks and Crimes. I'm Mimi, co-host JB, and this is episode 68. Um, so this one is, I really don't know what to call it. Honestly, he's called like the unicorn killer. So is this a true crime story? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a true crime story. I've never heard of this. I haven't either. And it took place in freaking <laughs> in the United States. All right, so this is Ira Salmon. Oh, so let me just go ahead and say like this story jumps around because like, trying to find this information was hella freaking hard because most of the good information came from a book and i apparently cannot find this book but i'll give you the book name because i like i kind of like why he named the book the way he named it and the reason why he named it the way he did it anyways iris samuel einhorn was born to beatrice and joe einhorn in 1940. they were considered like a low mid jewish type family class family um, from day one, Ira was loved and spoiled extremely to the max. Beat, beat, beat. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what she went by was beat. Right. She fell in love with him, not like sexually, as like you know, but more as like my son is better than everything and everybody. Um, I'm not sure exactly when Ira's brother was born because when I tried to look into him, I could find no information on him. But he did have a younger brother named Stephen. Family and friends immediately noticed that Ira was considered as the favorite of the family. Like, Stephen was good, but he wasn't, like, good. So, Beatrice was determined to assure herself and everyone else that Ira would become something in life. She ran through ideas like a doctor. Nah, Dennis. Nah. <laughs> and then I'm like, snap fingers. <laughs> a philosopher. So, all before he entered kindergarten... He was learning how to read, um, do algebra, language, all that. Uh, he like he before he was in kindergarten, he already knew all that before he like third grade level. Like he was third wow. grade level at this shit. That's a lot to put on a kid. Like. Oh, fucking baby. She also encouraged him to read any type of book, whether if it was like cookbooks, magazines, newspapers, anything, everything. She wanted him to read. She would also brag that he would be that like. Oh, yeah, she would sit there and brag that he would only sleep eight hours or five hours in a whole 24-hour fucking day because all he wanted to do was read. And in my opinion, that's not fucking healthy. Like, he needs at least eight hours of sleep. She said when she would go to bed at night, he would be up sleeping or reading. And then when she would get up in the morning to make breakfast, he was already up reading. He seemed to thrive and learn to be better literate literally in just knowledge he he was like a sponge on any information that he could learn and read like he was all over that shit ira was ira was at least three grades ahead of his grade level and at one point the school system was allowing him to skip just go ahead and skip the grade because you know he knew everything but his dad was like, nah, because he needs to be socialized. If he keeps skipping grades like this, like he's yeah. not going to have social skills. Yeah. So I was like, he, he made sure that they like kept him back. So then I was like really bored in school. And in fifth grade, he started like acting out. He would start yelling, making noises, getting up, walking around, walking out of class. At one point he started, um, he started a new school. And the administrators at that school knew exactly what was going on, so they started giving him more curricular, oh, okay. you know what I'm trying to say, um, classes, which did help him some. 
He always had good grades, no matter what. Ira was considered as an independent thinker, and the community, yes, the community of where he was born and raised praised the kid because he was just so fucking smart. Like, everybody was like, oh, my God, that's him. Like, he's, like, in the fifth grade, and everybody in the community is like, <laughs> but they did say that he was he kind of had his own style like I guess around this time everybody would dress a certain way and he would be like wearing cargo shorts and shit but they said like they would make fun of him because they said like he looked weird like standing out and shit like that even though the greatest thing for being so smart they would sit there and kiki ki behind his back because they're like look how weird he is in college he would always like the 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 professors they fucking hated him because he would always challenge his teachers if they would say something i would be like um so where did you get your resources on this and he'd be like well did you know this and this and this well where did you get your resources on that like dude chill out they are the professors yeah. for a reason <laughs> and they also said that he was always switching up his majors he wouldn't ever just settle down on one degree because after a while he decided that he wanted like he would get bored with this, so he would just switch it up. Um, he decided that he eventually wanted to become an author. Author? Author. Ira graduated with a degree in philosophy, moved moved into his own little apartment. I guess his apartment had some cushions for him to sleep on and sit on. And But they said that it was literally wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, covered in books. He, he sold weed to be able to pay for his bills. And he eventually got a job as a professor. But, in, but it only lasted for a year because the school fired him. They said that Ira would tell the kids anything and everything about LSD, acid, things like that, weed. He would teach them about sex, but took, but took it to the extreme by do, being in class butt-ass naked oh and even taught sex in his own bedroom. I was not even going to um, try to Google any of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> teacher, teacher with sex, sex lessons in his bedroom. Like, so I, yeah, I have no details on that. But I guess um, in his book, he he said like he taught sex at at his house in his bedroom. Um, wow. Okay. Everyone said Ira was a huge supporter of people's dreams and passions. Um, he would, like, if you was like, I want to write a book, he'd be like, yeah, you can do that. If, like, a woman was like, I want to do an all-female office, you know, all female staff members, you know, we only take female patients, you know, whatever it is, because he's, like, a real big feminist supporter type guy. He's like, you know, fucking go do that shit. Yeah, you know, I'm supporting you on that shit. But. If you were a woman and you thought that you were going to be a boss and be or management over any men, then you had that wrong because he was a feminist, but he still felt like women were beneath men. So you can't be a boss and have a guy and you tell that guy, hey, I need you to go over there and fix that copy machine or whatever, because that's downgrading. Like, yeah. fuck that shit. <laughs> um, Ira had no respect for women. Uh, if you were married or dating, he would go over to his friend. Like he had no respect for his friends' wives. So he went over to his friend's Ralph's house and he said that he never even like 
talked to her. Like when she came in, it was like, no, hey, hi, how are you doing this evening? Nothing like that. Okay. Um, Ralph's wife, she was like, whatever. So she just tried to be nice. Eventually, she went in there. She asked him if they wanted anything to drink. And he said, or I'm sorry, he demanded that she made him a fresh steam, steam tea because he don't like it from the backs. Excuse me? You're in my fucking yeah, house. you're in my house. You'll get, bitch, I'll get you some tap water. Hello, like, don't try me. <laughs> so if you haven't noticed yet, he was very dominant when it comes to relationships and he was a narcissist. He dated this one woman whose name was Rita. And when she tried to break up with him, she said his eyes were something like, like you would see in a movie. She said like his eyes completely just like when she, she was like, we're done and we're leaving. Like his eyes just went fucking black. And then she said, he locked the door. He turned around and went towards her. And she said the last thing that she remembered was her hands, his hands around her neck. Of course she ended up surviving because she was able to um, tell her story on it. Still that. The he last wrote, thing you remember is like him, and like like you just like you see the evil in his yeah. fucking eyes, like you know, like you're not coming out of that shit. In his book, he got like a diary, and this is how the book came about because okay. he wrote down every fucking thing of his life. Um, they said that he wrote in his book, "To kill what you love when you can't have it seems so natural." Strangling Rita last night, I loved watching the color of her skin change. But then something happened at the last minute. Insanity? Thank goodness it's only temporary. And when the nightmare lives, you have to face the truth. Now tell me that ain't some shit from the show you. Like that guy would say. Like he's like he always picks some something to say. <laughs> Rita never pressed charges on him though. But now Ira is mad because he didn't have a woman around to be able to cook and clean and do laundry and shit. So with being bored and not having nothing to do because he had no job because he lost his job for teaching sex and weed and acid and everything and coming to school naked. All he did was read, write, and have sex. He tried to publish himself, but no one actually wanted to work with him. So they were like, "Mm mm-mm. Ira tried to have a relationship, but he was a cheater he would actually date girls younger than him um i think it's in my opinion i think it was easier because it was easier to manipulate them um but he did say i didn't write it he did say in one of in like the book he said that when he was younger like 11 12 maybe a little bit younger than that he had a babysitter who was like 19 take sexual advantages of him and now he's like just obsessed with like women around that age of 18 19 years old even though he's a grown-ass man at this point he made the women think that the only way a relationship would actually work is if it was an open relationship but the girls couldn't sleep around like only he could sleep around with everybody so it's not really like a polygamy relationship or an open relationship it's you're going to be faithful to me and a typical cheater and I'm going to go out there and do the dirt. Yeah, I'm allowed to do everything else. Exactly. <laughs> I remember an 18-year-old named Judy. He was At this point, he was like 25 years old. They were together for a little while until Judy had enough of her, like his cheating and shit like that. So she broke up with him and she tried to leave. 
So he took a glass bottle, smashed it over her head. Oh, shit, I did not see that one. <laughs> began to choke her and also slammed her. Like, what she said she remembers is while he was choking her, he was sitting there slamming her head against oh, the, the fucking thing. She ended up uh, surviving, of course. Uh, lucky she survived that. She also didn't press charges. I well, realize no, I, I can see it. I can see it. They're, you're, they're, they're scared. Yeah, and they're young as hell, and this yeah, is like a so grown ass man. I um, I realized that he had gotten away with two attempted murder charges. Like, like he knew, like if they would have turned him in, he would have got attempted murder at least because, like, you tried to choke them out, dude. Like, not just choke them out, try to kill them by choking them. And he decided that he was going to move to California and start fresh. So. I think this is around like in the 1960s because this is when he started getting into speaking for like protests and rallies and conventions and stuff like that, talking about peace and love, anti-war. He talked a lot about Earth Day, and he, but the thing with Earth Day is he tries to say that he started Earth Day or he made it as big as it is, but the people who who was like doing it, they said if it wasn't for him, like he did play a big role in it because he would go across the world his whole life and like talk at rallies and stuff and be like earth day blah 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 so he kind of helped promote him but like they said he never started it and he like no he's not taking like he's the main person they will give him his part and credit for it yeah. but you're not the guy that did that shit i thought that was funny because he was just like whatever um, he also became a big part of the lsd and acid lifestyle he spoke and did drugs openly it is a lifestyle because boy those are strong people to be on that so all the while going back to being a professor at another college this time because he's in california now he's encouraging his students to smoke weed and dance and be naked and just be happy I really hope he gets fired from his <laughs> Like, he's a hippie. Like, dude, he's like a straight-up fucking hippie, but he went to the extreme with it. Ira had gotten over 200 people to meet up at the beach one day. They were going to do LSD and acid. They were going to get naked. Have a big orgy. No. <laughs> but they were going to paint each other's bodies. <laughs> Even though his mom showed up. She was passing out cookies. <laughs> and that's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> She's supporting her son even though he wasn't what she expected him to be. She was just happy that he was known as a big person because he really, really was. Like, because he, like, in his book, like, he talked about in a lot of the places, I should have wrote them down, but. A lot of the the rallies and convention places and stuff like that, they'll tell you straight up, like, this guy literally, like, if it wasn't for him speaking, they probably wouldn't have got out as big as they did. But he just tried to make it seem like he was, like, this big old guy. She wanted him to be, like, this big famous guy. And it's like, well, you're a community-known person, but here I am passing out cookies to naked people painting each other. But Joe, Ira's dad, he didn't agree with that shit at all. He didn't support Ira's lifestyle, his choices, nothing. He was a very religious um, Jewish man. And at this point, Ira was against God. So, like, you know, like, them two didn't clash with each other. Like, you know, they clashed with each other. Yeah. Ira even made the news about 
the local pot smoker who talked at conventions and rallies started a tree started a tree hugger revolution and had two months of silence during the summer of love convention he would talk about all the negative downfalls of speed <laughs> That's what the newspaper put in. Your local pot smoker <laughs> he started a tree hugger rally. Here we go. <laughs> so he would go around and he would tell Americans to leave to move to Canada as fast as they can because speed's starting to take over on the streets. I guess he was like really against speed. I guess because like acid and LSD, from what he explained, like puts you like everything's slow. You're relaxed. You're just calm. You know, like you're not. Where speed is like, go, 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 go. And he's like, nah, that shit ain't for me. Like, this shit's gonna take over. Everybody move to Canada. Like, so around this time is when he's met um, Helen Holly Maddox, AKA Holly, because her mom's name is Helen. Um, so she's the, she's the main woman that's going to be talked about um but the only thing is, is i could not find enough information on her and it sucks because i think most of her information is in the book that i cannot fucking find so um i got what information i could get okay Do you need mm-hmm. all right so um Holly was born May 26, 1947, in Texas. They said that she was from a very small, small town. Like, oh man, I thought I wrote it down. I did. Okay. Um, they said that she was a blonde and she was a cheerleader in high school. She was so pretty, girl. I would have to show you the picture. She was so pretty. Holly's family and friends said that Holly was um, very soft-spoken and extremely shy. High school, she was voted as most likely to succeed in life. She wanted to be A1 in everything she did. She wanted to be, but she wanted more in life outside, like, her little country town. Like, she didn't right. want that. She wanted to leave. The, 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 the population for it today is 81,638 people. But she's she was born in the 40s, so 50s, 70s. I mean, it might not have been that much. Yeah. To me, that's a lot. But I guess if you take that compared to a lot of the cities, that's not they nothing. Like <laughs> yeah. She wanted to travel and learn new things. She was also very smart, and she all she was also always reading books. Um, but he did it for his ego because he wanted to know more than everybody else in the world. She did it more just to like keep her mom and dad and everybody else happy and make those good grades and just make yeah. sure that, that they were pleased. Like she, that's why she wanted to leave. But she was also a rebellious kid. Holly was the type that her family, I guess she went after Jewish men and it wasn't because like in her mind, she was like, oh my God, it's because they have money. It was more like, that's against my family's religious beliefs. So that's what I'm going to do is go oh, okay. after a different religion. <laughs> so they say she's, this is when she ended up meeting Iran, like um, a restaurant. He promised her traveling and rallies and conventions and parties all over the world. And he delivered, he 
did take her all over the world. They went to conventions because she was all about that speaking for people too. And within 10 days of dating, she was already living with him. Oh my god. 10 days. Wow. I'm not really sure. I think she was like maybe 19 or something around this age. Like oh, but or she something. also probably just she wanted to get away from mm-hmm. her family. Stuff yeah. Like so she was she was like but she was also blinded by love it went and you know like she was in love with this man so she was so excited when she met him she was like i'm gonna bring you home to my family and she had her brother john and her three sisters buffy elizabeth but they called her mary and meg her mom helen elizabeth and father fred upon arrival holly's parents hated ira during like immediately like they they were not they didn't like him at all and what, like, really set him off was during family dinner prayers, he would sit. Okay, let me try to say this without gagging. <laughs> he would sit there and pick out his scabs. Ew. While they're sitting there trying to say a prayer for dinner, um, he would eat like he hadn't ate food in, like, two weeks. And then during, while everybody else, <laughs> while everybody else is just sitting there enjoying, you know, like, eating, talking, how have you been, you know, I haven't seen you in a while, da 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 He's over here like, duh, 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 duh. and then he would literally just get up and go sit down at the fucking TV in daddy's chair, put his feet up on the fucking coffee table thing where, you know, like um, yeah. they, a lot of people have in the middle of their yeah. living rooms. He would put his feet up there, turn on the TV and just be like, like they didn't even fucking exist. And they're in there trying to have a family dinner with everybody. Like, that's not even your home. <laughs> I know. So Buffy said she remembers him always trying to hit on her and he was always obnoxious and a slob. And but her family knew immediately what his what he was trying to do as soon as he came in. Like they knew that he was acting this type of way because he was trying to make them like snap on him and be like, you know, you're you're fucking disrespectful. What the fuck's wrong with you? Get out. So that way she has to choose him or her family. And then he would she would choose him and then he would have all control because he didn't like the fact that family still was part of it of the relationship or her basically so they just dealt with it while they were staying like while they were there they just dealt with the shit oh yeah i know um that's what i said too i was like good for them (laughs) like they're actually parents that were like "Mm -hmm." they didn't let their anger get a hold of them her mom and dad said that somehow he ended up brainwashing her into thinking that she was nothing more and couldn't have nobody better and that he was the only one that wanted her. Because they said, like, that's, you know, that's not how she she was raised. And that's not, you know, she knew, like, she was she was a beautiful girl. Um, all of his exes and ex-fucks buddies and stuff like that said that he actually never cared to, like, please a woman. And he was like when they had sex he would just like got my shit fuck you and then when they would be like well i didn't get you know can we fix this situation and he'd be like no that's a your problem if you can't get off that's on you so he like that's how what are you staying for girl he treats you like shit that's why I, that's yeah. why i put it in there i'm sorry like i didn't mean to go off the thing but i put it in there because of that because it's like if the sex ain't good with like he what because he's taking you around in rallies and for you to, I, I'm confused. Why are you staying with a man like this? He's clearly treats everybody like shit. So what do you, what did you see in him? Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you're blinded by love, 
For five years, Holly and Ira was together, off and on. He made her get, um, now I do not know, I said one to three, but I don't know if the first one was by somebody else, but I do know for a fact two abortions because he refused to have kids. He didn't want kids. And within the five years that they were together, he made her get at least two abortions. But I know she had at least three. I do not know, like I said, if the first one is from him or if it was by somebody else. Okay. Um, she would leave and then she would. he would always find a way, like a fucking narcissist, he would always find a way to fucking bring her back in. Um, he actually loved, but he did actually love Holly. But he also wanted to do hip. And Holly was like, I'm over this shit. So she, she was like, at one point, she was like, she left and she went and did her own fucking thing. Like, she was like, you know what? I'm going off. I'm doing me. She went out. She experienced it. Um, the main thing that was said was like, I guess what she would brag to her sisters was that she was happy out there being able to experience her sexual life with other people because she was all, all she really had was him who was like, fuck your orgasms. I'm just getting mine. And now she's getting out there and she's like, oh my God, like, this is what, like, it's really like, <laughs> and I guess like she really bragged to her sisters about that. And they said like, she was happy at that point, even though she was doing her thing, she was happy and they yeah. haven't seen her that happy in a while. So her asshole has been occupied by the penis of a Chinese lion. That's the poem he wrote to her. That is the poll he wrote to her. Your asshole has been occupied by the penis of a Chinese lion. <laughs> I don't even know they respond to that. So this is when Holly's like, yeah, okay, we're like, I can't keep doing this shit. So she ends up meeting this guy named Saul. And when, and this is when she knew, like, she was over Ira. When she met him, she was like, he's the fucking one like i don't give a fuck about nothing else out there i want saw so she was like um she told ira too she was like you know i'm done with you i don't want nothing to do with you no more so ira tried so hard forever to try to get like get her back but then he finally realized like he lost her for good some time went by i think it was like a couple weeks a few months or whatever and he called Holly and he told her, he was like, listen, I need you to come get the rest of your shit because it's in my apartment. I already got it boxed up. If you don't come get it, I'm throwing the shit out. Like, I'm over it. So she tried so hard to get some of her friends to go over there and get it, but no one could help her because they were literally, like, out of town, at work, in the middle of, like, freaking work and stuff like that. They couldn't go over there and help her. Um, Saul begged her not to go, but she was like, I got... I don't want to go either, but I got to go get it. And he was like, well, let me come with you. And she was like, no, because that's just like going to set him off. Um, some of the things that the, the resources on Google that I read said that when she went over there to get her stuff, her, Ira, and another couple went out to the movies. And I don't know if maybe because she was a really like nice kind-hearted person he was probably like just come to the movies come on just come on and the couple was maybe standing there like yeah come on she was like fine you know what I mean because she don't like confrontation yeah. but I don't know why she would go yeah to the movies good. with him if she's like fuck you I'm I, I literally want Saul I you know yeah, that's so that kind of threw me off but I had to put it in there just in case um so 
that's when Holly was unseen and heard from for weeks. Like after that, it was for weeks. When so the last place they saw her was at the movies, and then no one heard from her since. Nobody actually seen her show up at his house. Nobody actually seen them at movies. All anybody knows is that she left Saul's house to go to Iris' house to get her stuff and never seen again. But nobody actually seen her go to Iris' house. So Helen, her her mom, she when she didn't receive a birthday card from Holly, that's when she knew like something went right. Like even though I didn't hear from you from weeks at a time, like we're like with you, like you're not going a day without talking to your mom. I'm like that with my nana. Like fuck that, I'm not going a day without at least saying something to my nana, you know. So like with my parents though, I can go like two three days, you know, without being like, hey, what are you doing? And you know, type thing. So. It's like, this is must be a normal thing to go a while without hearing from her. But she always sent a birthday card on her birthday. And when she didn't receive it, that's when she was like, Mm-mm, something ain't right. Because she always sends me a fucking birthday card. <laughs> so that's when she called the police and she told the police. The police didn't want to look into it because they were like, because she, she um, Holly had told her mom that she was going over there to get the stuff. She saw knew her mom knew like she made sure people knew that she was going to get it. She called the police, told the police, police didn't want to look into it because they were like, nah, Iris, like he's a good man. Like he's known around here. He's a good man. He didn't, you know, it's no, it's no big deal. So then Hella called Ira and she was like, where's my daughter? The first time she called and asked him like, this is through time, throughout time. The first time she called, he said he didn't know she, where she was, that she just came and got her stuff and left. Then she called back. This isn't like literally back to back. Like no, I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if I said if, it, if I did or not. Okay. Um. Then she called back, and that's when he told her that she came to get her stuff, but then she was gonna go meet up with an employer, a coworker, or whatever that she worked with, and I guess she never returned home. So she came to your house, got the stuff, told you that she was gonna go meet up with a a coworker, and then just never returned. <laughs> the third time she caught an ass, he said she just left to he talked to her and that she had left to Egypt or something like that for a convention and she was supposed to speak at it. At this time, the police were like, you know, they had to at least get involved at one point because nothing. Yeah. But when he said that, you know, because she traveled to Egypt and stuff like that, they were like, oh, yeah, that seems legit because that's what they do. Holly's family was like, hell nah, y'all don't believe y'all motherfuckers, y'all some bullshitters, so they hired two private investigators, one in Pennsylvania and one in Texas, because they were like, throughout, the, they're not all in California this whole time, they're jumping around in different states, I guess I should have put that in there. Um, they ended up finding out a lot of information on Ira, as the PIs asked around about, about Ira, um, one of his neighbors, Paul, Paul here, Paul Paul her H E R R E. He said he was recalled. He recalled a woman screaming, but assumed that it was just someone at a party. I'm assuming that they had a lot of parties. But there again, we've covered cases like this before, and I say it every fucking time. How do you guys not understand the difference between help me and just like wow, I'm having a good time? Yeah. Like, there's a yeah. <laughs> but Paul and other tenants, um. 
said that there was also an awful smell. And then he said, Paul said that there started being some brown liquid coming from um, his ceiling because yeah. Ira's abubbing. So he told the landlord and the landlord had a plumber come over and the landlord was checking everything, but he refused to let, um, I don't know how these apartments are set up or whatever. I guess there's some type of piping through the closet, but he refused to let him in the closet. But they were just like, instead of being like, why we got to fix this leak? They were just like, okay. And then just left. Like <laughs> They found that he went to multiple places to find a book on mummy- mummification. Did I say that right? Yeah. Mummification. Um, but he had no luck, luck of being able to find one. The PIs also took all this information, which I'll give you more information in a few of what they also found. Um, they took all this. They turned it into police. Finally, the police were like, mm, this this is some legit shit. So the judge was like, <laughs> the judge was like, all right, get a search warrant for his house. So the police searched his home. And they knew, like, so, well, right, because the smell was just, it, it was really strong in the house. And the more they, like, went through the house, it got stronger. And that's when they seen the closet. The closet had multiple locks on it. So they asked him where the keys were. And he was like, I don't know. So they took a crowbar and they busted them bitches off. Once they got it open, they noticed that from ceiling to floor was stacked with boxes with Holly Maddox's name written all over them, which I'm assuming was her shit. Um, they also found in those boxes her purse, her ID, and her library card. They found a a steamer trunk, which I had a look to see what that yeah, is. It's know. like um, I should have pulled a picture up so that I could showed you, but it's like I guess like when you're like in the army or 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 in a private school, Catholic school, where you live at the schools or whatever. And you share a big room with multiple people. And you know how you have, like, the little trunks at the end? Yeah, at the end of, like, the end of the desk. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Like, it was just, like, a trunk that sits at the end of the bed for storage. Oh, okay. They they noticed that it had locks on it, too. So they asked him where the keys were. He said he didn't know. I'm surprised he wasn't there. <laughs> so he, um... They used the crowbar to open up. Inside, they found the 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 like the egg styrofoam stuffing oh, stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They found um, newspapers dated back from August. Oh, I am so sorry. I guess I should have said this is like years, like two years after her being missing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, he kept her body. Yeah, so they found the newspaper from August of August and September of 1977. They found a whole bunch of air freshers, and they found her mummified body. How is he not sick from the smell alone? Oh, no. That's horrible. Um, I know. They turned around and looked at Ira when, like, as soon as they found the body, like, when they noticed it, they turned around and looked at him, and all he said was, you found what you found. Wow, he did. Zero fucks. But in his book, all he talked about was his love for this girl. He was so deadly in love. And I think what it was is he was that type of narcissist fucking person. Nobody will. And he he delivered those words. And I mean, he must he literally still had her body, so yeah, he like he he did love her, but he went to the extreme of that type of love, dude. Like you don't hurt the people you love. 
Um, so when the autopsy came back, they actually learned that she she suffered from a cranial cerebral. There you go, injuries, which is basically where he beat the shit out of her in the head. Um, some articles said that she was still alive though when she was put into the 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 trunk, the trunk because her hand was up, like she was oh trying to push, gosh. and she got stuck like that, you know. But then. Some articles said that it wouldn't be, it, it's it's impossible that she would have survived the head beating and been able to, and be stuck in the position of trying to push it up and die like that. But my thing is, is like, it depends on how big that fucking, like I, I have a picture I'll put on Instagram and um, so that like you can see the pictures, but like the trunk, cause the, like the guys, the police officers are carrying the trunk out. So it's a, it's a, a pretty small freaking trunk you know what i'm saying so it wouldn't take much for her to be stuck in that position trying to open trying to get it open iris said that he was framed by the cia fbi or the kgb the trunk you he said that the trunk used to have secret reports about control experiments experiments from the cia and kgb when the psychologist they had several psychologists interview him to see like you know what his yeah they all said that he knew too much information about what the cia and the fbi and the kgb does their secret experiments he knows he knows about it and they're like you know this ain't right like how does this guy know this shit (laughs) so they were like maybe he's like they're like maybe he you know maybe he's telling the truth you know like the, the framing part don't make sense, but maybe the CIA or something had something, like they threatened him or something because maybe he told her something and told her, like, he needs to get rid of her because, like, they don't fucking play. Yeah, but why would he not get rid of the body? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So, his bail was set to $40,000, but he ended up getting bailed out for $4,000 because they had a rich acquaintance that played their role in the little system and ended up getting him out. This is in 1979. Um, When 1981 came around for his trial on this case, 1981, he got bailed out in 79 and 18, 1981 is when his trial fucking starts. Kills my mind how they do that shit. (laughs) Um, He straight up went MIA, like he ran. He wasn't even playing. Like, he jumped around from Canada to England to Ireland to Sweden. Um, and I think it was 1987 at this point, he married a, a Swedish woman named Anika. And in the 1990s, he opened up and told Anika everything. He told her everything. He told her <laughs> He told her that the CIA, <laughs> CIA, the FBI, or the KBG would set him up. Um, and Holly's dead and he's being in the process of being tried for it, etc. In the U.S., they, they were, <laughs> I love America, boy, because America was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck if he's here in this courtroom or not. We still going to try this motherfucker with the jury, isn't it? All right. This is what's happening in defense. Mo, it's like, no, 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 no. He's innocent. They got the people like, well, da, 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 even though he's not in the courtroom and the jury is still listening. They're like, okay, okay. So they had that court anyways. They found him guilty and sentenced him to death. Oh, yeah. Okay. Iron and his wife, Anika, was... um. 
in in the state of France. And I mean, <laughs> They ended up buying a house together um, with, like, they said it looked like a windmill in, like, a farmhouse, I think. I only seen a picture of them, which I'm going to post that one, too. I don't know, like, you don't see the actual house, but their door frame, I fucking love. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> um, So, Richard D. Bendito, Bendetto, it's D. I capital D, lowercase I, capital B, E-N-E-D-E-T-T-O. Bendento, Bendito, Beneneto, I don't know. An investigator um, with the Pennsylvania District Attorney was one of like maybe three people, include that's including her family, that are like, I'm not giving up on this case, even though it's been years after. I'm glad like there were some people who, were, who did not want to give up on her. Exactly. And um, so he went around again. He talked to ex-friends and girlfriends, ex-girlfriends and shit like that. And every single one of them gave up information on what they thought was his last known location, the last name that he was, you know, going by and stuff like that. Um, So this investigator, Richard, learned that Ira was going by Ben Moore. And I found out that that was a brand of paint. Yeah. Yeah. So he was going by that. And Eugene Mallon, which was an identity of a bookstore owner who he was very good friends with who helped him. Does that not sound like you too? <laughs> um, when the investigators started questioning Eugene to tell him about, you know, what uh, uh, Ira was going, like the, the, they're looking for him because, you know, he's, he's, needs to be put to death because of what he did to Holly and you know he's using your name your full name he's taken your identity and he's somewhere living your with your stuff and Eugene's like yeah I'm not talking to you fuck you he's a good man he's never did anything to me that's my friend I don't care like I'm not talking to you I'm not telling you nothing in 1981 Richard had his first child the, the, the investigator and that's when he was like you know what it motivated him more to try to find where Ira was because he's like, he don't need to be out on the streets because that could have been my kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when all of a sudden, boom, Richard got a tip. And that an Anika Mallon was trying to get a France ID under the last name of Mallon. Richard sort of put two and two together. Mallon, France, they knew that like he traveled to that country a lot in the process. So he contacted the French police and told them, you know, he kind of has like suspect type information and this is his proof and da da da. So the police over there took him into custody. They had to get his fingerprints when they were booking him in, and that's where they found his identity was Ira and not Eugene Mallon, <laughs> the bookstore owner. Bookstore owner. In 1997, um, the Pennsylvania, I don't know if it was just Pennsylvania or if it was like the, I'm assuming in this case, because it's from a different country, the U.S. laws would have to get involved too. Um, they wanted him, like they were, they went over there to get him. They were like, listen, he's coming back. And France was like, nah, because he was, because France is a absentia, is absentia 
Absentha, A-B-S-E-N-T-I-A. They have a law that states that no matter what you do in another country, if you come to, if you go to France, you don't have to leave to go back. Oh, okay. Even though other countries' laws cannot make you leave France to go back to their country to do what they want with you. Okay. Um, that's why he was like, like, I think that's, yeah, he was smart with that shit. Um, especially because death was on the line. France will not allow you to take anybody from their country if they know you're going to put them to death because they don't believe in the death. So the U.S. had agreed to give him a new trial, and if found guilty, he received life, not death. So that's when France was like, all right, cool, you know, like, because I don't know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, but if you take him over there and kill him, we're going to do something. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get how that works, but <laughs> that's, that's basically what they did. So in 1999, mind you, this baby lost her life in 1977. In 1999, I didn't run this time. Instead, he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to kill myself and slit my throat. He ended up surviving, though. Little bitch. Taking out the easy way. In 1999, the Maddox family filed a civil suit starting, stating that Ira could not make any money because they knew that he was an author and he was writing a book. This book that he published. Um that he couldn't make no money off this shit with her, like, you know, and he, yeah. he did it, even though, but he didn't really, like, how he tries to state it is that he didn't want the money. He just wanted the world to know. And that's why he put everything into this book. Okay. Whatever, you know, bitch, because if you had the chance, you would have fucking made money off that mm-hmm. shit. In 2002, Ira still says that he was set up. He was completely innocent. Anika still stood by his side. Um, but not physically. She never came to America because she was scared to death that she would be arrested for for helping a wanted murderer. She was fucking smart because, baby, America don't play. And as soon as you stepped a foot up in here, we would have been like, oh, you want to hide a fugitive? Clock down. <laughs> they do not care. <laughs> Again, he was found guilty after this trial and he was sent to life with no parole. 2020 that's when he died at the age of 79 from a heart attack um inside of the diary he said that he had and two friends i think testified he asked them if they would move the trunk help him move the trunk from his closet but they denied to help him um if i walk into a house and i smell smell like that and you're like hey help me move this i mean for you <laughs> i would <laughs> but somebody else ought to be like hell nah man listen i'm not getting involved in this my fingerprints would be on that. My hair, maybe I shed like a fucking sheep. Like, no. <laughs> uh-uh. um, unfortunately, though, Holly's dad killed himself in 1988 because he couldn't let go of the whole situation. And her mom died from emphysema okay. um, in 1990. Oh, so they didn't even get to see all Yeah, they never even got to see the... But Holly's siblings are probably yes. still alive. So, um, so her parents never got the closures, but the brother and the three sisters did get paid $900 million for the damages, hurt, pain, time, etc. that he drugged the shit out. $900 million? Yes, girl. How are they supposed to get $900 million? I don't know. Um, and 
they actually got to, and I didn't put this in because this is not them saying this, whatever. This is my personal opinion. They got to watch this motherfucker die because they're also alive in prison with nothing. So that right there shit is like, for me, would be a type of closure. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it like for me, it wouldn't even be the money. It would be knowing that you literally are not living out your best life like you wanted to, bitch, because you took my sister and now you're dying in fucking prison, bitch. <laughs> but the book, um, I forgot to write down the name, is nothing but numbers. And he said the reason why he named the book with numbers was because he wanted people to read it to see what it was really like. And the only reason why I, like, I felt that because <laughs> it's like... You got to actually be my friend or be with me or something like that to know what I'm really like. You know what I mean? Like you can be anybody you want to be to the world, but to be that person's friend, like a close friend and stuff like that, you really got to stick it in there and figure out what it is. And that's why he named the book like that. I'm like, I felt that. (laughs) But that was, I don't know, the real life you, the unicorn killer. Oh, I forgot. Maybe I didn't put it in but the why is it called the unicorn so i guess in um german einhorn um stands for one horn and in a part and one of the, his little acid things like there was a time they were on the beach and like they were just like naked people and they were all just staring in each other's eyes just like having a moment <laughs> And the one lady was like, what's your last name again? And he was like, Einhorn. And she was like, don't that mean like one horn? <gasps> like unicorn? And ever since then, he went by a unicorn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he is known, if you Google the unicorn killer, he also. I told you the story was everywhere. Yeah. Like it was hard, but it was hard to keep it together because I couldn't get my hands on the fucking book. Yeah. I look everywhere. Wait, you, you got a lot of information. Yes. You really hard on it. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the main story, whatever his name is. Um, do you want to do yours real quick, or you want to do? No, we'll do this one separate. This one. Okay. Sorry. So we're gonna throw in like a. I'm not sure if it's really like paranormal. It, like it's paranormal slash ur- slash urban legend. Okay. Okay. So we've tried, and I hope like hell this records because we have tried to record this three four times, mm-hmm. and it never takes. It always like cuts out. Um. So usually, most haunted objects evolved around what happens when you physically do something to it. But what if you get a haunted phone number, right? <laughs> Well, in the country of Bulgarian, is that how you pronounce it? Bulgarian? Bulgarian? I don't know. Or Bulgarian. I think it's Bulgarian, right? B-U-L-G-A-R-I-N? Yeah, you haven't written as Bulgarian. Well, that's how it's on the thing, but I don't know how you pronounce it. (laughs) Okay. There is this number out there that's 088-8888-888. Um, and allegedly has been taken out of service because everyone who receives this phone number shortly dies afterwards. People say there is more to it, though. They say this, this number has got its reputation because in the five years that it was available, three people have died. 
as far as That's I a weird coincidence. I know. As far as I could find, um, Bulgarian and not really too many other um, countries have like different super suspicions on the number eight. But there's one country, I forgot to write it down. They feel like eight's a good, like a lucky number, but it's not Bulgarian. <laughs> um, so October 9th, 2021, the first owner of the phone number was a former company owner, Val, Valdemir, Valdemir. <laughs> uh, Grashnov was a month and a half short of his ninth, 49th birthday. And he worked for, mo- some people say it, he, um, well, he was the CEO, but some people, some of the articles say that it's Intel, and then there's some that says mobile tell so i'm not really sure but he was the ceo of the that company um there's no records to show literally when you google like how he died but they but the hospital records show that he died from a prolonged illness some sources say that he died by cancer and he didn't get the blood transfusion like he was supposed to and then some say that he died by cancer from radioactive poisoning like from being around all the wire medical shit. Um, so either way, he had cancer. Yeah, and he happened to pass away after receiving this number. I guess it was a new number. He's the CEO of this company, this phone company, and he's the one that got this number. Boom, he dies. Um, Constantine Dimitrov, Dimitrov, I'm not really sure was gunned down outside the Amsterdam Diamond Center, the largest diamond center in Amsterdam. So he was shot and killed. And then the second person to receive it was also Constantine Dishleve. Dishleve, I don't know. But he received the number. We're going to call him Constantine's. The first one's one and the second one's two. That's how we're going to call them because I cannot pronounce these last names. Um, so Constantine two received the number after Constantine one had passed away. And on May 14, 2005, he was gunned down in front of a restaurant called okay. Sophia. So wait, both Constantines got gunned down? Uh-huh. That's weird. <laughs> both Constantines were also had a connection to the mafia lifestyle. No. Some sources say that Constantine number two was, was, uh, the person in the mafia is who organized the crimes, and he was killed over a $130 million deal when police interrupted it. Some say that he died for trying to take out Evelyn Benif, a.k.a. Brendo. I don't even know. Like, I'm supposed to look into that name, <laughs> and I forgot. I guess he's, like, like a big a person. And taking him out of the drug game, but it basically backfired. Intel was never confirmed taking down the number, but they say if you call the me- if you call it, a message will always you will always receive a message saying that you're called outside your coverage. Um, they say you got to make sure that you use your country's exit code number when you're using it to like call out on the country. Most of the YouTube videos of this number shows the number is being dialed incorrectly. Um, it's not you calling the number that will fuck you up. It's just owning the number. 
It's so weird coincidence that three people. I know. Within five years. Yeah, that's that's a weird coincidence. Um, and then I also saw that the number does have a current owner, and I guess it was supposed to be like this. It's not the football player from France, soccer player. I don't really know. I, I know they call football soccer. I mean, soccer football. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know if, if he's a soccer player or if he's an uh, actual football, but it's owned by – damn, I should have wrote that. It's either him or it's the guy that has his name, but it's not him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my paranormal story. <laughs> All right, so that was episode 68. No, 67. 67? No, that was 68. Oh, cute. <laughs> we did this earlier. <laughs> um, I think that's it. So, bye. <laughs>